0: It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show.
1: Good morning. Uh, how has your movie week been? Has
2: there been much of it, or has it been okay? No, it's, it's been not too bad. Um, I forget how I got on the subject of uh, the social network. Oh, I remember. Um, So there's a, a podcast called, oh, like 22... 22,000 hertz or something like that. And they do all these, you know, it's all about sound and they did one, uh, about movie trailers. And I think I'd posted this on there of these guys. The audio knots did a, a breakdown of, of the, the booze sound. The that bougie, you <laughs> yes. And they, they, tra- they've cut together a trailer, like the typical blockbuster trailer. But in the episode, they talk about trends in movie trailers and they talk about the use of, um, uh, uh, popular music, but doing a different version. And they talk about the social network and taking Radiohead's Creep and using that, you know, choir version. So I was listening to that and with my daughter and she's like, oh, yeah, that's really interesting. I said, you've you've actually never seen the social network. So we sat down earlier in the week or maybe it was last Sunday. I can't recall. And watched the social network, which was interesting because she's not really of the Facebook generation, you know, much more Instagram, Snapchat and all that. But she really, really enjoyed Social network. I think it was uh, sort of from her perspective, almost like a historical movie. Here's how this thing happened. Uh but she's you know, big fan of Jesse Eisenberg and knows Andrew Garfield from Spider-Man. So it was faces she recognized and it's an interesting story. So we had some some good discussion about uh that little, you know, journey of 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 Facebook. And then uh, last night my wife and I watched Game Night, uh Jason Bateman and Rachel McAdams. That movie was a lot more fun. Than I was expecting. I really, really enjoyed that one. So that's where I've been this week.
1: Nice, nice. Uh, well, it's uh, it's nice catching up on some things you've seen before and some new stuff. So that's pretty uh, cool. What about you? Have you
2: had time for anything?
1: You know, I have. It's actually, um, I've been playing catch up on a few things. One of which is, uh, is finally... Uh, uh, um, uh, I've been working on catching up on all of the films that that you have ever mentioned in old blog posts <laughs> oh or gosh. on all of the old trailer rewinds, all that sort of stuff. So, so no and,
2: and, no guilt here. It's like oh, it took you forever to watch the one movie I recommend. I'm watching everything you ever talked about. <laughs> Thanks, <right>. Andy.
1: <laughs> yep. Hey, if there's anything I can uh, can use to uh, to push you into <laughs> watching something of mine a little quicker this time. Okay. Than that. All but right. So, but I did finally watch Another Earth, which was a film that, oh, uh, yeah. that you had mentioned long ago, mm-hmm. and uh, in one of your early blog posts. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it was a specifically review; it was just kind of a, a some thoughts about. I can't even remember now what your point was, but it was it was a, a really interesting little quiet science fiction film. It, it wasn't perfect. I think Britt oh, Marling yeah. does some really yeah. interesting stuff with her projects for sure. And um, and there's a there's a quietness to it, but I I think there's a lot of interesting ideas in it. So it was a really interesting one, and I'm glad I finally caught up with it.
2: Yeah, I, that's one that uh, yeah I I really like the concept the execution. Yeah, I agree. There's there's some some issues there that prevent it from being you know, wow, uh, like perfect film like five star. But yeah, well I'm I'm glad. I think it's a, a good entry point into. What she does, or for people that know her work from just the OA, going into the back catalog, you'll see sort of some common themes of it's, it is sci-fi, but it's it's not like the hard and heavy sci-fi. It's uh, you know, you can do the sci-fi without a lot of special effects, just in in concepts. Yeah. So am yeah, right, oh,
1: right. glad, glad you got to see that one. Yeah, so so I watched that. So I think all I'm left with, other than your latest trailer rewind, which now I've I've had to add that to my queue because I missed that one. Um, But the other one is Contiki. So that's the only one left that I need to look at. So I'm looking forward to uh, checking that one out because it looks like a really fun one to watch with the family. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah.
2: I think your kids are going to really enjoy enjoy that one. Did you ever have to read either that book or excerpts from that in middle school or high school? I never heard of that story until I saw that trailer. So, yeah, I completely missed
1: that whole story.
2: Okay. No, yeah. definitely good. Good family one. If it's if it's stre- available streaming out there, I guess yeah. I yeah, I
1: can't couldn't find it streaming, so I just I have it in my uh, my DVD queue over at Netflix. So DVD It'll be here Q. soon enough.
2: DVD queue. That's so like two thousand and four, <laughs> Andy. That's so so quaint. So
1: quaint. Hey, I'm I'm helping keep uh, Netflix alive, with and, that. and the uh, postal service. Netflix, Netflix yeah. needs me. Yes, um, they wouldn't be able to survive without someone like me supporting yeah, their but- DVD service. <laughs> Awesome. Um, the other thing I've been doing, um, I've found a new podcast that I've been listening to, kind of religiously, is '80s All Over, which is uh, a great one. I'd recommend to anyone who loves '80s movies. Um, it's uh, it's two film critics who are basically going through the entire run of the 1980s theatrical releases, month by month, and re-reviewing what? everything. Basically, how, yeah, are, you, it's, how it's, are they
2: finding some of these things? I've got to imagine is, some, some of, of them these, are
1: challenging. Yeah. Some of them are really challenging, but. One way or another, they're tracking everything down. And so I have been, as I've been listening, I'm up into I, I just finished 1982. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I've been adding stuff to my watch list. Like, oh, that sounds really interesting. Oh, I forgot about that. And all of a sudden I'm like, holy crap, my watch list has just grown <laughs> like exponentially. I'm like, I'm trying to thin it out. What am I doing? I keep adding stuff to it. So but there's a lot of stuff that i have been wanting to see and and uh now a lot of new things that i want to check out so i am it's it's good and bad because now it's like oh what am i doing but but it's fun it's a it's a fun podcast to check out
2: oh i have to i have to check that out because yeah there are some films that are very much of their time and will feel very dated and others that i imagine will feel like oh yeah the you know costumes and sets like a little you know dated but the the story and the concepts are you know Living beyond that that decade um yeah that, 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 and I imagine there's a lot of things that uh you know weren't the big award winners or weren't the big box office pictures that are you know solid like you know three four star films that have been forgotten and overlooked uh that are probably worth checking out again
1: yeah, Excellent. and I mean you know there's 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 the positive and negative side of shows like that because yeah. you know people who the for the two of them who are hosting it who are relatively close in age to to my age oh, okay. there's yeah. they you know we all kind of share some of that nostalgia for some of these 80s films and they both gave just heaping praises to robert altman's popeye and i rewatched <laughs> that with my son Oh, okay because i'm like did i forget that, that was a good one because I didn't think it was I don't, that great. Yeah. And I, so I rewatched it uh, with my son. And, you know, I, I do commend Altman and everybody involved for really putting a lot of work into creating a really rich world. I mean, it really was a very cartoon feeling world. Um, but the story was a little weak. And yeah, yeah. so I didn't love it, but I, I thought it was pretty interesting. My son, on the other hand, was riveted. Oh, wow. Like he was just, it was like watching a cartoon. He just like, he was laying <laughs> on the floor right in front of the TV is, with his head propped up by his hands, just staring at the TV, just chuckling away. So it
2: still has its magic, wow. I guess. I, yeah. I think I saw that in the theater. Oh, wow. I, th- I think I may have seen that in the in the theater because I, I remember it. And yeah, but not really... Sticking with me that well, I I do know that I think the town that they built, uh, mm-hmm. st- is still exists and is like a tourist like yeah, thing. Right. So That's... yeah, it's, it's an yeah. interesting yeah interesting you know story about that film. Uh, okay, yeah, I was I was thinking about because I saw your I thought maybe it, it's time to revisit something I haven't seen in that long. But yeah, I I, I got time for other things. <laughs> I think it sounds
1: like. <laughs> Well, and and as I've learned, I am going to have to make time for a lot of other things. Yeah. As I said, you know, I'm like, gosh, my, my list. Like I said, it's just like I've added easily 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, uh, 45 films oh or my so goodness. To, my, to my list. yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> and that's just through 1982.
2: So that's three years. <laughs> it's God.
1: like, uh I should stop this while I'm ahead. Yeah,
2: you've got... <laughs> You've got to stop these, like you know, decades-long projects, Andy. You've got, you've got, oh, I know, you, you've still got to finish Iron am. Man. You've got to finish Iron Man here, right?
1: Oi, oi, what am I doing? I don't know. Uh, well, uh, so what other news? I guess uh, you know we're a week away from uh, Infinity War or from Endgame.
2: Are you feeling and ready? I I am excited about it. I I think I watched just the first trailer. And I know there have been more, and I, I got the general gist of it. And I think it. My feeling is with later trailers, they're just they're they're putting in more stuff that those are the things that I don't need to see. I got the general gist of it. Oh no, no, I guess I've seen two because there was the first the one that was maybe the teaser I don't know and then there was the second one that was like all black and white uh it was mostly you know you know the history of each of the main characters you know mm, uh, yeah uh that that got me amped up for it and i'm I'm very much looking forward to this I did watch the uh Pete had posted in discord that uh that roundtable uh discussion uh with entertainment weekly which was uh, Really nice uh, to get a sense of, you know, the, the change or the connection they each have with their characters uh, throughout, you know, over a decade of, of making these and thinking, oh, my gosh, it's, you know, many of them have had, you know, married, divorced kids, big life changes, but they've got this connection. And it, it's just something that, as Chris Evans says, you know, this is like a once in a like forever thing to have a, a studio, you know have this you know long-term large-scale project like this of everything just weaving together working together so i'm really uh you know excited to see how this culminates in an end game it's going to be interesting
1: and it's going to be interesting to see what they do with all of the stuff they're adding over on disney plus it's just Mm -hmm. nuts how how all of that is going to kind of fold into the whole MCU and how it's going to be one big thing between um, the new uh, the new films coming out in phase 4 and all the various TV
2: shows uh, it's going to be a busy time for all of us it's not, i've given myself resigned myself to the fact that i'm never going to see all of everything so i've just got to <laughs> <laughs> identify the things that um i enjoyed and have have time for because i i did enjoy um most of the hulu series you know runaways uh i know the i think the second season it's finding time for that i know there's Cloak and dagger i never you know there's there's so much and i think it's I, again the idea of in this uh era of so much to choose from it just you have the ability to to pick and choose the things that uh you you want to see or that are going to be good for you i i mean i still haven't gotten through everything on on netflix and i i don't know that i ever will but i know it's there when yeah. I need it, which is is nice. Because <laughs> sometimes I go through I'll get on a, a binge of something like we, you know, we binge the OA and it it that there's some things that I think work really well that way. Um Legion on FX is one that I realize I need to binge that because those stories are so complex and abstract that if I, if it's a week or more between episodes, I've forgotten what's, what's gone on because yeah, it, right. so it's just easier to say, let me wait for that season to be done. And then I'll just sit down and just crank through all that and, and go on that journey over, you know, several days rather than several months. So I think that's right, right, right. sort of my approach with some of these. I'll wait till everything's done and then maybe look at it, it all together. Look at it all together. Yep. Speaking of binging, um,
1: I can't wait to start binging the Mandalorian when it comes out. Have you seen any of the uh, the stuff that was leaked from uh, Star Wars Celebration?
2: No, I last weekend? no, I have not. I I saw that th- there was you know it kept popping up. You know, I was like, oh yeah, I remember hearing about this, but I didn't know that there were things that were now being leaked out.
1: Oh well, they were there were some people who were filming uh, at Celebration of the, the various uh, the trailers, and there was like a little behind-the-scenes, like three-minute making-of sort of thing. Lots of great stuff uh, released for that. So um, you definitely need to um, see if some of it's still out there. If not, okay. I'm assuming that they are going to be putting out some fresh stuff, like official stuff um, yeah. soon enough because, um, you know, people have seen it, and I'm sure that they will just let everybody else see it sometime soon but it looks like an amazing addition to the star wars universe and i think it's gotten a lot of people excited so and this uh, is going to be we'll, a disney we'll plus
2: thing isn't it it is yeah ah, dang it okay so, so many one reasons more th- to get th- that ah, <laughs> all right see you've got a good reason your kids are at age where it's like yeah you're gonna have access to the whole catalog of stuff that you've got kids that are minor aging out of that, and maybe for nostalgia reasons, but it's not something where they're, it's going to be like, oh, yeah, this is like a go-to main source of entertainment for them. Uh, although it will be maybe nice to dig into some of the the classics, you know, since they're getting rid of the, what is it, the, uh, but they would put films in the vault, right? So this is basically the, the Disney vault goes away because everything will always be available I don't know,
1: Plus. I'm curious if they are going to play with the whole vault idea still, like, you know, they might release, like, they might kind of do rotations, I I don't know, I don't, I'm curious if they're going to, like, leave all their classics yeah. out there just all the time, or if there will still be some of that, I guess we'll find out. Well, I'm
2: sure Song of the South is not going to come out of any vaults.
1: <laughs> I'm sure not. <laughs> that will be one that uh, they will somehow still uh, avoid putting out there. Ah, well, what are you going to do? All right. Yeah, I will say um, now that you finally caught up with in the name of the father. Oh, everybody and then, else is and now. Then Nick Langdon caught up. With oh, the wait, name of wait. The wait there's 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 more. Now, Pete posted. Pete posted, and a review that feels much closer in line with the way that my uh, recollection of the film is. Oh, we have another. Uh, yeah, and then Joel posted <laughs> <Yes>. as well. <laughs> yeah. I love that all of a sudden it's becoming a thing, <laughs> and uh, I still would love to include it in a series. I feel a little less uh, um, a rush to do it right away, but still, I want more people to see this movie because I just remember loving it so much. So I'm glad that everybody's getting out there to watch it now.
2: So I'm I'm trying to figure out the formula here. Andy recommends seeing it. (laughs) Nobody watches it. I finally get around to it. And that, like, the dam breaks open and everybody's like, well, if Steve watched it, now we've got to watch it. I feel right. some pressure here now. <laughs> or maybe it was just a discussion. I guess maybe it was my review and discussion and people needed to weigh in uh, because I think, uh, yeah, it's, it's nice to have this type of discussion about something where there's some not great differences of opinion, but, you know, sort of a, a shorter range of of. Ratings, You know, between Pete's, you know, four and a half. And I think uh, I put it somewhere around three and Nick had it at three and a half and Joel's got it at, at four. So, yeah, this is this is what I love about, you know, our listeners and discord of being able to have these types of conversations about films like this in a, in a nice structured way. Wait, not the cage match that Pete wanted to set up.
1: (laughs) Well, it's not a cage match, but as Pete said, uh, you know, because he's eavesdropping on us, he said that you are patient zero after all, Steve. So okay, it still all comes back. It all comes back. So when the zombie outbreak happens, I know
2: where it started. (laughs) That's right. With me watching World War Z two, that's where it will start.
1: Well, let's uh, let's do our trailers. I guess, okay. I guess you get to go first because uh, you pulled the A24 I pulled, rule.
2: I pulled the A24. I, I have to admit, it was sort of slim pickings out there for me trying to find something uh, that, again, I can be, you know, sort of setting up for Trailer Rewind. What's something that is a film that I'm going to want to come back to? Yeah, but you didn't do Tremors, man. Uh, that's a series, isn't it? That's a Netflix series? I, I don't know. I don't know, but still, it's, I was just so no, excited. I, that I, Kevin Bacon <laughs> was good. Going back to I his roots. Care. <laughs> so, I, Yes, that's a franchise. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a different story altogether. I think I've seen the first two. I think there's, what, I've oh, total? I have no I idea. But I, I love that is its own thing. Uh, but no, here, you know, A24, bringing something a little bit heavier than tremors. Uh, This is not a story I was familiar with, but it apparently what I learned in in research for this trailer, uh, which is called Skin, uh, this is based on a a documentary about Brian Widner, who was one of the FBI's most sought-after white supremacists, and he basically left the organization he was in and underwent 25 tattoo removal surgeries to have... Because he's just tatted up, you know, all the face, neck, arms, hands, everything. And a lot of these are uh, symbolic, you know, gang or whatever you call it, organization affiliated, you know, have meaning to them. So I guess that documentary uh, inspired a filmmaker to actually tell the story, the full story of this man who was raised by, by skinheads and white supremacists. And you know, meets a woman and basically has a family and decides to get out. And that is not the easiest thing to pull yourself out of an organization like this. And it's was, I guess, a short film first called Skin that won the uh, Academy Award for Best Live Action Short in 2019. And that was written and directed by Guy N- Native, I'm going to assume. This is the feature length version of this. And a lot of people are just really impressed with uh, Jamie Bell's performance in this film. And it's a long, long ways off from, you know, being a little dancing boy to being a white supremacist here. And this is just a story that always fascinates me when people are, are into, you know, deeply pulled into an organization or cult and try to remove themselves from that situation. They have a, a life-transforming event that shifts their whole beliefs and they try to, to leave, I think is, for me, just a really compelling character piece. And I'm really intrigued to see where where this film goes with this. Uh, it looks like it's going to be uh, July 26, 2019 release for May 24.
1: What do you think? Did you see... Um weirdly the short film or did you know that guy nativ
2: did a short film called skin that is that's, totally unrelated <laughs> that's it's um that's i thought it was maybe the same a similar story i didn't know because i saw that it was also called skin and he wanted a live action so i thought maybe it was similar about white supremacists yeah. so i haven't i it's have not a- seen it
1: the the description is a small supermarket in a blue collar town. A black man smiles at a ten year old white boy across the checkout aisle. This innocuous moment sends two gangs into a ruthless war that ends with a shocking backlash. Oh, okay. So yeah, it's a short drama that uh, yeah. that he did last year uh, yeah. and won an Oscar for. Yeah, so yeah. I think that this trailer uh, just really uh, was captivating. I think that uh, Jamie Bell is really just an actor who brings a lot to his performances and certainly is doing that in this case. Uh, likewise, uh, Danielle McDonald, who plays his wife, yeah. I think just she's an actress who is, uh also has a lot of compelling stuff going on. And and she's she seemed to kind of, I, I know she's been around for a little while, but I think Patty Cakes is really where she kind of uh, broke out. And um, I don't know, I I, I think that the story here is one of those dark, redemptive stories, like, can you escape this life? Is there hope to do it? And, you know, just because you remove these tattoos, uh, like he says, you know, am I still bad underneath or whatever yeah. it's it's a really kind of compelling look into this world and and um it's it's the sort of story that i think is is dark and and creepy because of just the nature of it but i i i don't know i'm really compelled by it so i yeah i'm i'm curious i want to check it out okay and that one comes out when that's july 26th
2: so nice. i oh, i imagine this time uh, for my birthday I imagine that's, you know, small art house release on this yeah. one in the middle of the summer. Some, but, uh, yeah, definitely one, uh, gonna, gonna look for it. You know, it calls to mind movies like, um, American History X, uh, you know, similar type of story. But I, I think the what intrigues me is this connection to a true story. And this is one, if we end up doing this on Trailer Rewind, I want to track down this MSNBC documentary. Um, to sort of see the comparison uh, similar to what we did with uh, when JJ and I talked about I, on Hulu, they had a a documentary about young Tanya Harding when she was just getting started. And it's always interesting with, to see films that are based on real people and true events. If there are other, you know, documentaries about that to do a sort of little side-by-side comparison to, to see different presentations of that story to see how that that pans out so something i'm looking yeah. forward to with this one very cool very all cool. right
1: before i jump into my trailer just for clarification there are six tremors films <laughs> okay <laughs> all The right seventh uh, uh, apparently a seventh one um in the works michael gross did confirm that he was going to return oh my god has he it. been has yeah. he been in all of them <laughs> um you know I, know, I don't know. uh let's see. He was in the first one. I think the second one focused on his character um oh. the oh third gosh. one uh does say Michael Gross. <laughs> fourth one uh michael gross the fifth one michael gross the sixth one michael gross yeah so he's kind of the continuing thread through all of these okay there was a tv show during tremors 2 that was called tremors 2 aftershocks the lost monsters that one um did end up getting canceled. It never finished getting oh. produced. They started another T V series as a spin-off on Sci Fi in two thousand three. Um it only ran thirteen episodes before it got canceled. And then there's this new T V show that you were mentioning with Kevin Bacon um Amazon Prime was moving forward with it but then it moved to Sci-Fi and then they they shot it all and then Sci-Fi said that they passed on the pilot but the trailer oh, wow. is out there so I don't know if that means it's not going anywhere or or what cuz it says the trailer was made available. Oh. I wonder if it's uh if it's never going to get released. Now I'm really curious. So <laughs> just a little bit <laughs>
2: Yeah, who who would have thought Michael Gross, you know, finishes up Family Ties and just goes into another just solid franchise with Tremors?
1: Uh, yes. You know, now I want to do that as a series on the show. Uh, you know, <laughs> I,
2: I would... That is one... I, I Knowing what you're getting into, uh, yeah, that, that could be a lot of fun. Because these are films that just <laughs> don't take themselves that seriously, and I think it would be really... Really enjoyable, some of them might be a little rougher than others, but that's a that's a sit down and just do that over yeah that's a nice long weekend, just yeah. back to back to back tremors, yeah,
1: speaking of uh of franchises that we should do on the show, how about child's play, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> Child's Play is another series that has, uh, oh, geez, Child's Play, two, three, Bride of Chucky, Seed of Chucky, Curse of Chucky, Cult of Chucky. Uh, Yeah, so there are seven films in the series. Don Mancini has been behind all of them and has directed the last three, Seed of Chucky, Curse of Chucky, and Cult of Chucky, which was 2017. Chucky. And now they are actually moving forward with a reboot, and that is my trailer pick. It's <laughs> Child's Play that is coming out later this year. It's a remake of the original, and it's a reboot of the franchise with Aubrey Plaza, Ty Consiglio, Gabriel Bateman, Brian Tyree Henry, Tim Matheson, and of course, Mark Hamill as the voice of Chucky. Yes. <laughs> now, what's interesting is that they actually are not involving Don Mancini at all, who is the one who created this whole franchise and was involved from the beginning. He's not involved at all, nor and obviously, I guess, as Brad Dourif as the voice of Chucky, since now we have Mark Hamill. Um, Lars Klevberg is directing it. And, uh, you know, I I'm wondering how this is going to play. I really, really had a great time with the very first Child's Play. I never saw any of the others, but I, I really did have a lot of fun with the original one from 1988. I am now really curious because I actually heard that Bride of Chucky was a really interesting and fun twist on that franchise. And so it it piques my curiosity. Will I, will I ever go back and watch all of them? I don't know. Maybe because I'm curious about it, but I certainly want to see this one. Um. As kind of a reboot in kind of the modern world with modern devices. And here we have this new Chucky doll. Actually, his name is Buddy, as we find out. And he um, you know, he's kind of connects to your internet. You know, he's got the little Wi-Fi symbol on the over the eye in Buddy. And he can, you know, kind of tap into your all the stuff in your house, all the, all the, you know, Bluetooth connections and through that, ends up wreaking havoc, and uh, of course, he also runs around wielding knives and all sorts <laughs> of fun things. So I am uh, really curious to see what they do with this. I think that it's a, a franchise that acknowledges that it's silly because it's a doll, a child's doll running around doing awful things, um, and that they have some fun with. And I'm curious if they will actually make something fun or if it's going to kind of be something that falls by the wayside. What do you think?
2: I think this is a smart way to to reboot this this franchise. I too have only seen the first one. So I remember seeing that in theaters, and yeah, it was a fun little thing. I I can't believe that I thought Bride of Chucky was fairly recent. I guess I haven't been up on my Chucky franchise. I thought oh yeah, Bride of Chucky that was just a little while ago. No, no, that was nineteen ninety eight. Wow! Yeah, right. I yeah, and I just guess I. Have you know lost track of time on this, but I love the concept of updating this and moving away from the whole like voodoo spirit of an evil person trapped in the doll to more of a, a you know, the internet of things taking over and AI and the dangers of that. It's a more contemporary. Uh, I think fear of, you know, what happens when all your devices are connected. Well, if one goes awry, then, you know, clearly your entire life is in danger because, you know, everything from your thermostat to drones to everything uh, is uh, interrelated and can can kill you. Uh, I think this is going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to this maybe launching another little franchise because it is such a, a fun concept. Uh, you know, to see Chucky with his trademark, you know, big knife. I mean, that's, I mean, for, you know, Freddy Krueger's got his, his finger knives and Chucky's got his big knife. That, that's, you know, <laughs> they, they kept that intact. And I think that, uh, they're just doing what they need to with, with a reboot is, which is you keep the things that you need and then you you reinvent things. Um, and th- they've done that, I think, perfectly in this. It just looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. You know what you're going to get, uh, you know, <laughs> from watching this trailer, which I think is the second trailer now, because I think the first one yeah. just gave, you know was more of a teaser. Right, but this exactly. one, yeah, you're seeing how, how some of these devices are going to be used against people. And yeah, I... This will be summer fun. I don't know if I'll get out to theaters to see it, but it's one that I'll, I'll definitely watch and have a lot of fun with this. Because I think, that, you know, Chucky is just such a, a fun character.
1: He is. He really mm-hmm. is. It's interesting looking at kind of the the critic, the kind of the reviews of the franchise. There was a, you know, a, a high... Mark, I think, for a horror movie set in 1988, uh, 67% was the original. Then it dropped to 40%. Then 23% is really kind of the nadir for the franchise of Child's Play 3. Then it picks up with Bride of Chucky and Seed of Chucky, 46 and 32. And then Curse of Chucky and Cult of Chucky are 83% each on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. Okay. Big jumps for those last two. Uh so uh, yeah I'm I'm curious to really kind of revisit all these now and yeah. see what I think but uh yeah anyway this film is going to be opening June 21st so it'll be a little bit of summertime fun.
2: Oh yes definitely.
1: Yeah. All right. Well uh that's it for trailers. Let's uh should we jump into our lists?
2: Yes. Yes we shall and when it's two of us, it's always a little bit easier. We're not going to have any double steals. We, uh, there's, I, I feel like I've got a little bit more breathing room because there were some I thought, Oh, Pete's going to take this one. I know Pete's probably going to have <laughs> this one on his list. You and me, I think we can, we can work our way through this list.
1: <laughs> right. Right. We can. Um, who wants to go first? Well, what? So our topic is. Oh I, yeah. So I, so or the movie that we were discussing right. this week is La Berge Español, or the Spanish Apartment, which is about a bunch of uh which is about a guy who's on a study abroad and living with a bunch of uh roommates from all over Europe. And uh and the people have spoken, they wanted us to talk about roommate movies.
2: Yes. Ooh, that hmm. I breathed a sigh of relief when I saw that because I, I thought some <laughs> I don't oh I'm like oh, I can do this. This one, this one was easy. And then as I I started doing my searches I realized, and I I'm mean, I, IMDB, and I'm like, wow, if you had to do TV shows about roommates, you could, we could each have a list of 10 and we'd probably still be fine without, <laughs> without yeah, right. crossover movies. Uh, there were a, a range of different things and genres that, that are available. And I, I tried to keep it to movies where it's, it's not, I guess the, the roommate relationship is, Pretty central to the story. It's not just oh, this person happens to have a roommate that's maybe just a a side supporting character. I tried to have it integrated as much to the story and main plot as I could. Is the the relationship between the the roommates uh, to the best of my ability. So that's you know, it's not like oh, they shared a room for one scene and and that's it. Uh, so that's where where I'm going. Uh, okay. So I'm gonna start. See, this one might be, a st- I'm going to start with what pro- might be a steal off of your list. And I know we've talked about this, but there's a reason I'm bringing this up um, because this is a movie that has, speaking of TV shows, has now been brought to TV's and I think it's I think it's FX has what we do in the shadows as the TV series but that is my first pick for roommate movies because when you've got a trio of <clears throat> vampires as, as roommates and uh, well you've se- you've seen this one it's it's one of my oh, yes. favorite like dark comedies they just I, I love this so much had so much fun with this haven't had a chance to see how it's translated to a series but it's one that I'm Really intrigued to see how they they convert this into sort of a weekly sitcom with uh a Vampire's as roommates. But that's that's my first pick, what we do in the shadows. Well, they certainly have the meat for it, considering uh, it's just uh, it's, well, it's just
1: it's such a funny concept mm-hmm. and such great characters. Oh, yeah. So I I <laughs> am very curious about that as well. I loved it. Great first pick. And um yeah, I, I don't know much to add about that one. It's just a fantastic movie, and everyone should watch it. Okay. For my first one, I am, uh, well, yeah, I, I'm going to go with this one because it's it's two roommates who go on a, a road trip. So is it's, it a
2: roommate movie or a road trip movie, Andy? What is it? It's both. Oh, I get all right, right. I
1: get the pleasure of, of doing both. <laughs> it's, uh, it's just an absolutely hilarious movie. It's kind of Jim Carrey at his peak and Jeff Daniels proving that he can do some comedy, not just some more of the drama stuff. But it's Dumb and Dumber. Uh, oh my goodness, these two guys are so funny together, and uh, it's it's raunchy. It's a tricky one, because there is some really just great humor that is perfect for the family, and then there's a lot of it that's definitely not. And so I actually showed my kids a few select scenes from this <laughs> okay. movie, because I just wanted to introduce them to it, because it's so stinking funny, but there's like no way that I'm like, I could show up in this whole <laughs> movie. I was like, uh, I'll just... Just do a couple scenes because it's pretty bad. But <laughs> yes. um, but God, just watching Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels together, uh, it's it's perfect. I, I think that the two of them just found the the perfect way to kind of blend these these idiots together. And it's it's the Farrelly brothers, and and they've. You know, before uh, you know, screwing up the Oscars by winning Green Book, they uh they had been doing some <laughs> really clever and and R-rated comedy. And and I think this was a good example of that. And and Harry and Lloyd, I think, are just characters for the ages. So that's my first pick, Dumb and Dumber.
2: Okay. Yeah. Seeing it, uh, it's I, it does uh, not hold up <laughs> it and I think again, it's <clears throat> and I guess it's with the Fairley brothers. I don't know, I don't always I guess when a lot of their movies were coming out, it just wasn't a priority. And then it it got hyped into this thing. And it's the same issue that I have with uh, something about Mary, where it was just like, oh my gosh, this is the funniest movie ever made. So I have these like heightened expectations. I'm like, yeah, that was, it was clever. It was funny. And I I just, I wasn't caught off guard by the surprise and freshness of it because it like just had heard so many of the jokes or people like, you know, had talked about it and the funny moments. And so I just, I haven't connected with them that way, and, and comedy is a tricky thing. And that's I, I I enjoyed it, just not the same as as everybody else. And I agree, it's I it was I think really smart choice for for Jeff Daniels, and I think it it did a lot of really unique things in comedy. It's just yeah, I have some un, unfortunate experience around viewing it that prevented me, I think, from enjoying it the way I would have if I had just gone into this without anybody telling me anything about it which is unfortunate yeah, yeah. sure yeah yeah okay <clears throat> all right next i'm gonna go back to the beginning of danny boyle's career uh his first collaboration with john hodge this is his re- the 1994 his first as far as i recall feature film uh and i remember i think someone had recommended to me i picked it up at blockbuster uh because i hadn't really heard about it but got some you know a a solid recommendation from somebody about three friends that discover that their new flatmate flatmate is dead but loaded with cash and and what will they do with that when you've got christopher eccleston ian mcgregor and carrie fox in 1994's shallow grave and what money does to roommates uh the, the tensions and it's this very uh sort of a crime thriller because you've got the police investigating and them trying to get away with spending, whether or not they can spend money. And it just did some, it was a nice sort of edgier seat thriller, uh, sort of as a, a smaller film with, you know, at that point, I don't think Ian McGregor had been in many other things or if I even recognized him or knew him. Uh, so it's interesting if you have not seen this to to see uh, very young Christopher Nicholson and Ian McGregor in uh, this very early Danny Boyle film that I, I have not seen in a long time, but really thoroughly enjoyed. Just the there's some nice camera work in this, and it just was something really uh, unlike other thrillers I had seen up to that point.
1: That's one I, I. Should have had on my list because it's a great example of it um, that I, you know, it's it kind of slipped through the cracks in my mind, too. I loved that film when I watched it in the 90s and I just have never caught up with it again. But uh, boy, just talking about it here and hearing you talk about it makes me want to rewatch it.
2: I, I just it was such a great movie. I'll be watching Discord for everybody else's reviews to show up over the next four days. Because <laughs> it is if you if you have not seen now, I don't know how well it's going to hold up. That's the, that's the thing, because I have not seen it in a long time, and, and some things can get dated very quickly, and I don't know if other films have, you know, leveraged some of the things that did here, if Danny Boyle has, but I, it just, at that point, it was it was fresh for its time, so I, yeah. I
1: Well, Criterion it, released it, so oh, okay. at least it's got the Criterion mark, and maybe you'll there find it go. on the Criterion channel and I, you can revisit
2: it. I may have to check that out. All right.
1: Where are you going next with your roommates, Andy? I'm jumping back a ways all the way to uh, to 1948 with uh, a Hitchcock film, Rope, which is... Oh, yes. We've talked about on this show, Compulsion, which is based on kind of the Leopold and Loeb story, that kind of crime story. This is a kind of a fictionalized version of it based on the play and uh you know it's it's known i think a lot because of the way that hitchcock shot it the fact that he really tried to do this with make it to make it feel like the whole thing was shot with one take yes which is a really interesting conceit and i think hitchcock pulls it off pretty well it's a little obvious sometimes like as the cuz i mean this was film he only had so long on each reel before he had to before the roll would end out and he uh, would end and he'd have to um, start a new one and so he'd make sure at the end of that reel we're ending on somebody's back or on a wall or something so he had a place to kind of create those cuts he does a pretty good job of kind of creating that illusion i think it's pretty nice but you know beyond that it's the story about these two two um, uh, college guys who strangle their former um, harvard uh, classmate and uh, because kind of because it's an intellectual exercise as they say they want to prove that they are uh, superior by creating the perfect murder and so they they strangle him and then they put the body in this chest and then they have a dinner party including the victim's uh, father and his aunt and um and and an old professor of theirs who kind of they pulled this idea from not that he ever meant for them to do this but Jimmy Stewart is that character and it's a really, really interesting film about kind of this nature of murder and, and this whole intellectual way of looking at it that is really horrifying when you kind of pull it apart. Um, it's an interesting film. These two roommates uh, are pretty horrifying in the fact that they've done this. And the fact that the whole thing takes place in their apartment in one camera shot is also worth checking out. So that's my second pick, Rope.
2: Oh yes. <clears throat> I remember I was sort of uh on a Hitchcock kick uh back in high school working at the video store I had access to well whatever was available on VHS at the time and so I remember when this um got an opportunity to see this and yeah looking at you know knowing that it was this you know trying to get it all in one take type of of style uh and you, yeah you can see where the breaks are but there's so many great visuals the one scene that I remember so well from this is the they they walk into the kitchen and it's got that swinging door, and they open the drawer and they drop the rope in. And it basically, as the door is swinging wide back and forth, you can see what's going on in the kitchen. So you sort of get, you know, you see them open the drawer, the the the, the drawer in the kitchen. The door swings open. You see them drop the rope in. The door swings back, so you don't see them for a second, and then they're walking out. So it it was just one of those things where I thought that's a really interesting way to do this, since you have already established that your camera is fixed you can't you can't edit you can't go in for close up so how do you show those things uh that normally you might want to get in a close up on something how do you feature or emphasize something you want the audience to see and it just so many innovative things and again of course Jimmy Stewart working with hitchcock uh you know that's it, jimmy stewart's in a hitchcock film i'm i'm all aboard for that i know that there has been some discord discussion on the was it man who knew too much and i it's been mm-hmm. so long since i've seen both of those versions i i don't recall which one is my favorite um but this was one that yeah i i want to say it's sort of I, it, it's i hate to categorize my hitchcock but this is sort of like falls in that second tier where a lot of people know the big ones and this is one that i think uh people will really enjoy if they haven't gotten around to seeing it because it is a really interesting concept that these characters are exploring about you know the superiority and, and being able to pull off sort of the perfect crime uh very interesting concept well done enjoy that thank you all right what's your final pick <clears throat> my final pick there are so many things and i see pete has already thrown in his uh list there on discord <laughs> of things and yeah there were a couple that uh i considered and said no pete's going to take those so i went with something that i think a lot of people may not have seen because i think it's one that that gets overlooked but um back in the late 90s and early 2000s um there was a writer that for me I was really, really enjoying his films. And he wrote some really solid films. If you think about movies like Dead Again and Get Shorty and Out of Sight and Minority Report, those are all written by Scott Frank. Well, in 2007, he directed his first film, a little film called The Lookout, starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Jeff Daniels again. And this is a story of... uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt plays a kid who was like a all-star hockey player. He's involved in a car accident. And he basically has now memory issues. He's got to write down things to remember because his his memory's been impacted. And Jeff Daniels plays his roommate, his blind roommate. So you've got a guy that can't remember things and a a blind guy, but uh, some guys decide that they want to pull off this crime because uh, they're going to use uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt whose character's name is Chris Pratt. Uh, So Chris (laughs) is like a custodian at the bank and these guys decide they want to use Chris as sort of their inside man to pull off this crime. And it's a really interesting story when you have a character who's got you know these memory issues of how he's going to try to get himself out of the situation how can he turn these tables on these guys when he has trouble remembering things in the the little ways he sets things up to remind himself to remember things uh just i had so much fun with this also uh i love fisher is sort of the the girl they used to to lure chris into their plan uh just a short film 98 minutes but just a really solid as i recall thriller done in a really unique way when you've got, you know, uh, uh your main characters are, you know, have memory issues and a uh, and a blind character and how they use that blindness uh in the stories, some some innovative, interesting ways. So if you have not seen it, uh, definitely recommend it. Uh, it's not going to be a perfect five-star movie. I, I can tell there, you know, some people, you might have some issues with pacing or some other things. It has been a while since I've seen it, but I know I really enjoyed it. Did some some unique unique things. At uh, least back in 2007, hadn't seen some some things done this way. That's my well, top For one. me, I,
1: I, I liked seeing uh, Matthew Good's turn in it. I thought he was a great yeah. uh, kind of villain in that film. So Oh, yeah. So you have seen it i have yeah, oh I excellent it. oh good yeah. good i was afraid Definitely. this was
2: going to be one that i was out there alone and and nobody had seen so I'm glad. no to, yeah know. it's
1: it's a it's it's one worth checking out it's not like you said it's not yeah. uh, a five-star film but it's certainly is an interesting one that's worth uh taking a look at because it's it's got some interesting stuff going on in yeah. it yep all right all right well for my final pick i am going uh with a classic a very big film that uh, everybody should have seen if they have not yet. I am talking about Billy Wilder's 1950 film, Sunset Boulevard. This, film is a wonderful noir it's got some incredible performances of course uh, Gloria Swanson is uh, very well known for her role in this film as a faded silent film star who uh, who kind of draws this uh, this failing screenwriter played by William Holden into her web and and you know he kind of she kind of uh, it's kind of happenstance that they come together Um, but, uh, you know, she finds out that he's a writer, and and wants to, uh, you know, have him help with this script that she's working on, and that's going to be her big return. And so she kind of uh, insists that he move in, and kind of, and uh, this is the whole roommate angle. And 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 he kind of enters this crazy world of hers with old faded stars coming and playing poker, and and just kind of this dark web as she kind of takes over his life, and it, it turns into a really interesting story, and and very much is a Noir with kind of, uh, you know, murder and and uh, femme fatale and all that sort of stuff. It's a a wonderful, wonderfully dark film. And it's a really great take on Hollywood and Los Angeles in 1950. That is uh, my
2: final pick, Sunset Boulevard. Oh, my gosh. I love that movie so much. It was one that I had kept reading about is this great classic. And I, I can't remember when I finally got around to it, but it was probably later that maybe in, in college or, or after. Um and oh my gosh, I, this is one of those like classic perfect films. When I and I say I can't believe I waited this long to get around to seeing it because there are just so many things that work so well in this. Oh my gosh. <laughs> You're right. Those are roommates. Those are not roommates. I that came to mind, but oh <laughs> yes, this is uh, definitely uh, I, I, one of, one of the great films and yeah. definitely deserves yeah. that place. Wow.
1: So, uh, yeah. And then, of course, uh, you know, we had some uh, Pete had thrown his out there, like you had mentioned, and we had some others. I I know I had some others on my list and my uh, uh, backups, but Pete mentioned Ted. And of course, uh, Scott Pilgrim, we've talked about before on the show, Notting Hill. I I immediately thought of that when this came to mind, but Uh, I just talked about that. So I couldn't. Right. And I I, I knew it was going to be
2: I knew that was going to be a steal, probably. And I thought, yes, we've we've talked about that one, I think, several times
1: here. Yes. And then mm-hmm. uh, Tootsie, real genius, single mm-hmm. white female, Brian's song. Those are all the ones from Pete's list. And then I also had In Her Shoes, True Romance, School of Rock, Three Men and a Baby, Bridesmaids, the Good Guy, Bur- the Good, the Goodbye Girl, and then some others that we talked about, Adaptation and Shaun of the Dead. Mm-hmm. Do you have any other backups? <laughs>
2: Because only this only came to mind because it was recently, as I think we were discussing Disney Plus and some of the shows that they were going to be developing, and Steve Gutenberg, how can you forget three men and a baby? How can you forget Three Men and a Baby is a roommate movie, Andy? How can you forget that? I
1: just said it. Did you? It was on my backup. It It one of my backups.
2: You went so fast. I know, I did, I did. No, Donnie Hill was in there. Um, Yes, discussions in our household. uh, Real Genius and Tootsie also came up. I I am ashamed to say, first thing when... I said, okay, roommate movies. The first thing that actually came to mind was *Single White Female*, and I don't really enjoy that movie. But I was like, oh yeah, the crazy roommate—that's you know all about roommates. I'm like, I gotta come up with something else. But yeah, uh, I, and that's one
1: yeah. I, I I probably saw it and half paid attention to. So I was yeah. like, there's no way I can use that one because I don't, uh, I didn't care for it that much, and it's yeah. not something. You know, yeah. So all right, nice. Where do we go well, next we week? Are, we're going to be looking at Russian dolls, uh, which is not in any way related to the current TV show that is. Uh, you're watching that one, right? Oh, we oh, finished that you the on. one. Who, oh, yeah.
2: oh, yeah. No, I, we binged that over like three days. That was. Okay, yeah. okay. Oh, yeah.
1: This is, the, of course, the follow-up to La Berge Espanol, following our uh, protagonist five years later as he's now pursuing his dreams of being a writer and realizing it's a lot harder than uh, he thought. He's, um, he's instead of uh, succeeding as a novelist, he's writing pulp, he's uh, writing a bunch of, uh, I think he had a, a soap opera, things like that, so... So there's something that we could probably pull from that where it's like, you know, your dream job is not the dream you thought it would be sort of thing. I don't okay. know what that yeah. sort of list is going to look okay. like. Um, it's kind of continuing. It's like reconnecting with with old relationships. Um, we could do something there. So this
2: is this is sort of after leaving college, then sort of like first careers type thing. And I guess that maybe gets into that, you know, the the vision of like, this is what I'm in college. This is what I want to do with my life. And then the reality of, I have to actually like have a job. Uh, is that like the, where you are going with sort of the, the dream, dream job is not the dream job.
1: Well, it is his dream job. Like, I he mean, it wants is to dream- be a writer. Okay. He wants to be a writer. Like, that's what the whole first film is. You know, he yeah. he wants to be a writer, but he's pursuing a career in finance or economics, actually. Oh, okay. And he at the end, he, you know, decides he's going to pursue his dream. But now he's realizing that it's a lot harder than he thought because ah, he's, like, okay. writing pulpy romance novels. He's doing ghost writing. He, I think, works on a, on a like, a cheesy soap opera. So it's like, you know, oh, okay. he's pursuing his dream, but it's like, you know, there's a lot... More more to it so i guess it's okay. i don't know what that is like the realization that it's it's harder to pursue your dream than you thought i don't know i don't know yeah, i don't the, know what
2: to oh okay <laughs> the dream is not all it's cracked up to be type of thing something okay. something like okay that, yeah. all right we'll have to figure out how, what to call that but yeah i like that yeah. idea of like aspiring uh, to this great thing and it's not as easy okay right um all right so we've got the career thing and then reconnecting with friends over, and later in life, is that? that which, yep. there yep. other He's, one? he's reconnecting. reconnecting
1: with some of the people. It, okay. In a way, it's kind of like a before trilogy sort of thing. Okay. He's, he's reconnecting with some of the people that he had met when he was roommates with them in the Spanish apartment. The first okay. one. Okay. All right. So reconnecting um, with old friends. Okay. Yeah. All reconnecting right. with old friends. I like that okay. one. Okay. All right. Um. What's? Uh, do you have any fun IMDb? Uh, lot
2: it's, it's, it's not gonna. It's not gonna be good. I can guarantee that because I think the <laughs> the first one there's all kinds of things about underwear and nudity in the in the. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I have plot uh, keywords here. I'm uh, not seeing them, but I'm I'm seeing the description. Well, I. I do like um, now. Is it why is it called Russian dolls? Is he in Russia? What 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 is the connection? You know, to I, that? I haven't watched Sorry. it yet, so oh,
1: I, okay. I'm just I'm just kind of going basing everything off the plot summaries. <laughs> I don't know why it's called Russian dolls. Oh,
2: okay, yeah.
1: Uh, okay, so Wendy's brother Williams fallen in love with Natasha, a Russian ballerina. He spent a year oh, learning okay. Russian to try winning her over. Uh he moves to be with her in St Petersburg, okay, and then Xavier and Wendy go to Russia to stay with them okay, so they they do go to Russia okay. looks like so we could do um film set in Russia. There you go. Do you want to do that? that yeah, sounds good. I think we've got okay.
2: yeah,
1: we've got three things okay. So we've got reconnecting with old friends, film set in Russia, and then how are we defi- defining that last one? Do we want just say uh, dream your um, dream jobs or uh, dream jobs not cracked up to what you thought they'd be or
2: something? Oh, like that? oh, oh, dream jobs that are a nightmare. Not a nightmare. It's <laughs> like it, it, it's, it's just, just it's just harder. A... It's harder than you thought. Um, yeah,
1: that's a, that's a, like I guess I an guess easy I, one to come up with. I films guess for? like uh, or, or, or I know dr-
2: dream jobs are hard work. You know that's what they're gonna pick. They're gonna hear us struggling with this. They're gonna be like, "Yeah, I know, we'll I have know. you do that list. We'll find a way. We'll find a way." Yeah. Okay, I, that's yeah. a that's a crazy one. But there okay. it is. All reconnecting right. with
1: old friends, film set in Russia, and dream jobs are hard work.
2: Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. All uh, right. Uh, the things that we end up coming up with for yes. these lists should be fun all right well that is it for this week's saturday Monday. everybody uh thanks so much for supporting the show and uh, and being a part of the next reel we appreciate it and uh we appreciate you and i guess that's it steve so until next week we'll see ya hondo